testimony with y'all. Um, I don't really know exactly where to start, but... <laughs> okay. Um, so, like, at first I had a really happy childhood. Um, you know, like, family, like, mom and dad living in the same house. Um, I had a half-brother, but, um, I don't know, soon, like, that, everything changed during a custody battle, and, um, lost my brother, and everything sort of changed, um, soon after that, like, I developed eating disorder at eight years old, and it just, like, kind of ruined my life from there, you know, um, I had an eating disorder for about 12 years of my life. Um, and, yeah. What was the biggest thing you struggled with when you had your eating disorder? Um, I definitely struggled with, like, self-worth and, like, loving myself and, like, seeing that I had any value at all. So, um, yeah. How long did it take before you realized you had a problem? Um, I, I realized I had a problem in my teens and, um... I realized that it wasn't just like a personality quirk or, or, or anything like that because I developed my eating disorder so young that I just like, it just became a part of who I was. Um, I kind of had some wake up call moments when um, one of my friends like pulled me aside and said, hey, I can't lose you. Like, you can't die on me. Like, I'm, I'm losing people in my family. Like, I can't lose you too. Um, Unfortunately, that wasn't enough to, like, get me out of the eating disorder. Um, my family was actually, like, a church-going type of family, but, um, we just, I don't know. I think that because of, like, my view of myself and, like, with my eating disorder and everything, I just developed a sense of, like, there being good people and bad people, and I was one of, like, the bad people, and so I just thought that there was no hope for me whatsoever, so... When it came to, like, the gospel, I would barely, barely even, like, listen to it because I thought, oh, well, like, Marty Dooms, like, I didn't really understand what Jesus died for, so I would go to, like, I would go to uh, youth groups, like, occasionally, and I would sit there and I would just pretend to be, like, one of them, you know? One of us. One of us. And, like, I just didn't realize, like, what Jesus had done for me. So, what would you say to someone who is really struggling with eating disorders but doesn't know Jesus? How would you tell them that Jesus has helped you? I would say that in Jesus, like, I 
I really found everything that I was looking for. Um, when I was struggling with my eating disorder, like I longed for somebody to love me. I longed for kindness. I, I longed for somebody to, to uh, have compassion on me. And um, it all just like changed one night when I realized that Jesus was kind. Wow, that's you amazing. Know. And you're such a beautiful person. I feel like I had to have it just be you. My YouTube channel, I've never done it this way before. So wow. you're a really special person, and I made sure it's not about me. It's about you and God. Yeah. It's such an awesome story. So yeah. when was that moment that really clicked for you, that, that really helped you with your eating disorder? Um, so I was watching a movie called The Son of God, and um, I had just been beginning to watch, like, Jesus movies, and I was just trying to understand, like, how... Jesus fit into the whole picture of, like, me and my relationship with God. I, I just, I barely knew anything. Like, I, I would pray every single night, like, for forgiveness, but I didn't understand, like, what it costs to have that forgiveness. And so I would just be like, dear Lord, please forgive me of my sins, because, like, that's what they told me at church. And, um, but the pivotal moment that I had was when I was watching the movie, like I said, The Son of God, and... Like I said, he just came out, and I saw, like, the actor. Of course, like, I know it's the actor, but, like, I just saw the kindness on his face and, like, how Jesus handled those who had been oppressed. And with my eating disorder, I definitely felt oppressed. I felt like a slave. And, um, mm-hmm. like, I, I, really, I really considered myself to, like, be one. Like, I think... Once I saw the kindness on his face, like the actor's face and everything, and I knew that that was true, I was willing to like lay down everything for Jesus. Yeah. So beautiful. So can you talk about your family and how they played a role in your eating disorder? Um, well, they, they always did like the best that they could. Um, like looking back and like growing up, I blamed them a lot. You know, I... I would um, I would blame my dad like for having his struggles and like I would blame my mom for like putting like certain expectations on me of like like when I was little she would say things like everybody's looking at you or like there would just be little things about like little comments about my weight and um, once I lost my brother like I just found my worth in how I looked. So you lost your brother? How did that happen? It was, it was a custody battle. Like, my dad noticed how hard, um, like, I don't know, the, the custody between him and his mom was getting to be on my brother. And, like, it just, my dad decided to let him go, like, give custody over to his mom. Unfortunately, we're not, like, as close as I would like to be. But um, that's just how it happened kind of like that's really hard when stuff like that happens yeah and you find forgiveness in those situations even though it's really difficult yeah. um i really want you to talk about your ocd and it must have been god so i recently had a friend struggling with ocd and he struggles really bad with it so could you just take us through how you discovered you had ocd and just talk about your whole lifespan up to this point sure <laughs> sure simple enough <laughs> <laughs> okay um so Interestingly enough, like, I've had OCD my entire life, but, um, like, I just didn't realize it because I had the eating disorder, and, like, the OCD was kind of hiding behind the eating disorder that I had. Um, 
like there were little things that I would do that would be like ritualizing or like obsessing, you know, and it was all just OCD manifesting as an eating disorder. So like I would count, I would check, I would um, have like food and how I looked like thin wise, like on my mind 24 seven. Um, and I just didn't realize what it was and nobody did. And that's why I ended up having to go to treatment so many times because, like, with my life, I think, like, everything back at home was just, like, so hard to cope with. And, like, I put all my value in, like, what my size was. And so it was really hard to detect because it was just my entire life. Like, my entire life was just food um, restricting and... Um, that was it. And, and I just wanted to know it's okay to cry if you want to. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to hold back the tears. It's okay. Yeah. So what did you, what did you, like, how did you deal with it when you were in middle school and high school? That must have been really hard. And somebody who's dealing with that, what advice would you give them? Um, in middle school and high school, I definitely felt drawn to God. Um, I, I definitely knew that there was something there, but I just didn't think that, God was strong enough to handle, like, my eating disorder. I thought that, like, I don't know. Like I said, just, like, a lost cause and that I was just going to be condemned to hell. So, like, what's what's the point? Might as well be thin. Like, that was my mentality. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely recommend, like, listening to God when he draws you. Like, because that's one of my deepest regrets because... There would be times when, like, I wouldn't go to church and I felt grieved in my spirit. And, like, that's—I didn't realize that, like, it was because, like, I had the Holy Spirit even at my lowest. Like, I believed in Jesus, but I just didn't know everything yet. And, like, God didn't condemn me for that. He still—like, I believe he still called me one of his own, you know? So you said you were in cheerleading. Could you talk about that? Yeah, like, I, I definitely believe that... Um, you must have been one of the popular kids. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> because... Everybody always has a misconception that children <laughs> are happy with the popular kids, but that's not always true. No, no. Um, I was, like, I was a competitive cheerleader, and I was also a high school cheerleader at the same time. Oh, wow. So, like, I would do professional cheerleading and then high school, like I just said. Um... I was a world champion at one point in, in competitive cheerleading, and then I, I did high school cheerleading for, for fun and, like, for the memories and, and everything. Um, cheerleading was definitely something that I believe full-heartedly that God used to save my life because it was the only thing that I was that dedicated to to eat for. Like, on practice days, like, I would have extra food to make sure that I could like do the the flips and and everything and then every other time like I was just suffering so it really kept me alive and it gave me like a motivation for sure so definitely that's 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 so amazing yeah could you keep could you just keep talking on other things you can think of and I can cut this out and Make it really nice. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, more about like my OCD, yeah, I guess. Yeah, we talked a lot about the OCD. Yeah, I talked about how um, my OCD was tied into my eating disorder, but um, like I said, once like I saw the kindness that Jesus had, I was ready to throw everything away for Him because like I, I guess like 
growing up, I've, I've just had, like, this sense of loyalty, and, like, I was just very loyal to cheerleading, and then I aged out of cheerleading, and then I was very loyal to my eating disorder, and then I realized that it wasn't worth it because I ended up graduating from high school and having, like, no friends and just being the loneliest in my life, and I realized that it wasn't worth it. And so, like, that loyalty and dedication, I was just, like, looking for something to live for. And so I, I saw the kindness in Jesus' face, and I read Bible verses such as, like, Isaiah 9-2, where it says, like, for those who walk in darkness will see a great light, and for those who live in a land of deep darkness, the light will shine. Um, those two things, like, really changed my life, and, like, I just decided to follow Jesus with everything I had, but... Um, Unfortunately, like, just days later, like, I became, like, really distressed about the unforgivable sin, and um, the next day I I woke up with, like, intrusive thoughts that were completely against um, God, and they they didn't stop. Like, I was having panic attacks, like, every two hours. Um, It was was a really hard time. Like, I didn't really get a break from intrusive thoughts like from the moment that I woke up it was just dread to the moment that I I laid my head down on the pillow it was just pure dread and like I was very concerned that like you know Jesus died for me but the unforgivable sin like I better be careful to like not like commit this sin or else like I'm doomed forever just like stuff like that and because of my intrusive thoughts like I thought that I was committing this unforgivable sin, and I was in complete distress for for months on end. Um, unfortunately, that did send me into, like, um, psychosis. Like, um, like it, it just happens to some people when they're under intense stress, and that's, like, what happened to me. Um, during that time, like, I was, like, uh, a danger to myself and others, you know? Um, what types of stuff were you doing that was dangerous? Um, well, I was really ready to take my life in the suffering, and, um, you know, I was just really confused. Um, I don't know if that's recording anymore. <laughs> You're good. Uh, so okay, good. yeah. It just popped up with a Bible book. Yeah, and, like... Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it'll just randomly stop recording. Yeah, but, like, I was just, like... I was not okay. It it was um, for almost a year of just complete stress, intrusive thoughts, like constantly feeling like I was on the edge of being unforgivable and being damned, you know, Um, and it was the worst experience of my life. Um, there, There were times like when God like really showed up and he just yanked the the wheel out of my hands and like you know like Jesus take the wheel is just like there there are like like there there were times when like God just like took the power away from me you know um I'm really lucky to be here they say I just had no control over my body I don't even remember driving home people have said that to me before yeah it just blows my mind that God can have that much power when was the first time in that year of suffering that you really heard the voice of God and for someone who may not know, how do you hear the voice of God? That's a very interesting question. Um, over time, like, I've learned that, like, hearing the voice of God isn't always just a voice in your head. 
I learned that from experience painfully. Um, it's it's not always from the preachers at your church because they they can also be misled. It's from hearing like the Bible like within context, you know, because it's very easy to to take Bible verses and like just have your own in, interpretations that have like nothing to do with the heart of Jesus. Um, so definitely like the Word of God first. Um, the first encounter that I had with God's voice was a really low moment. Like um, I I thought that like my intrusive thoughts were were sins, and so like I got sticky notes, and like I I was just like, well, if I um, I got sticky notes, and like I wrote like what I thought were correct thoughts, like and, and that was like pure like. OCD, I think, like, just writing down, like, what I should think instead of, like, my intrusive thoughts, which I know now are uncontrollable. Um, I wrote those down, I put them on the wall, and I would, like, look at the, the sticky notes every time I had an intrusive thought in attempts to, like, you know, interrupt the thought, and, like, I just got to a point where I was so exhausted, um, and, like, I was at my lowest, and, like, I resorted to fasting, and, like, I was trying to just hear something from from God and like I remember that day like I hadn't really eaten anything like and a voice came and said like drink this and I did and then there was a voice that said you are the apple of my eye turn away from your ways for a great reward and I didn't even realize like that I wasn't living for Jesus even though I thought it was um it wasn't until like recently that like I've been let known like just I've been able to understand that like it's 100% Jesus and it's not about how well you resist the thoughts it's not about how high up you think you are in like in status or of like in the religious community if that makes any sense like yeah yeah if you're you're the holiest or like the worst of the worst Jesus you know, nobody's good but God the Father who's in heaven. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's been made known to me, like just recently, I guess, that like it's just Jesus because we're all broken and and bad. So, do you think Jesus did that with OCD? Yeah, for sure. Like, I think that one of the reasons why. I had OCD was not because like I'm a worse sinner than than other people um I think it it was definitely put in my life so that way I can learn and be closer to God because of this like if it weren't for my intrusive thoughts I wouldn't I probably wouldn't have relied truly on God's grace you know um because like with my intrusive thoughts like I I really have thought that they were just since and like there have been times when like I thought that I've just absolutely blown it and then God would show up for me like the next day wow. in a huge way so yeah did, did you use exposure response prevention you know that is yes did, did you ever use that when you were struggling um, with LCD um kind of like I'm still learning how to um to use it and to like rely on God it is really really hard for me to determine like when I need to use that because um with uh OCD scrupulosity it's it's tied to your faith and like my faith is really real to me and like 
I just, I don't know, I get, like, OCD and my faith confused sometimes, and I don't know if it's, like, a time for, like, spiritual warfare or, like, and, like, I need to pray or if I need to expose myself or, or <laughs> expose myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, use, <laughs> use exposures. Um, so it's, it's kind of, it's a, it's a balance that, like, I'm still trying to learn. Were your parents helpful in your OCD journey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they once again, did everything that they could. Um, did you go to them for help, or how did that work? Did you tell them you were struggling, and they would give you practical steps on what to do? Well, um, like I said, they did the best that they could. Um, they don't have OCD, right? No, they no. They don't understand necessarily? No. Um, like, when my OCD kicked into full swing, like, um, it was the beginning of COVID, so... Like, I was put on a three-month waiting list to get into treatment to help with my OCD because I was at a severe point where I, I did need, like, intervention and stuff. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a really hard time. <laughs> Do you have any other ways that aren't traditional for neutralizing the thoughts and maybe helping you hone it in so that you, you don't suffer so much for someone who is suffering with it? So... I don't know. I think it's... I was thinking about this today, actually. Um, um, man. I'm trying to think of how to, like, say this. Um, what was the question again? Uh, so, uh, what are some... Do you have any other ways of neutralizing the distressful, distressing thoughts that are maybe untraditional? Maybe that play a role in your faith or something? Yeah. Um, I find that, like, trusting God with the intrusive thought thoughts are, like, the best way for me to handle it. Because, like, in the Bible, it, it says that, like, the fight is, like, the Lord's. You know, like, the battle is the Lord's and everything. And it's kind of funny how that works when you just, like, let the thoughts be and, like, trust in God and like rely on God through it because that's exactly what you do in exposure response therapy so they tell you to rely on the higher power they 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 just directly say Jesus would they no they don't they don't say that at all they you in ERP you just let the thoughts be but like with faith when you have that approach and like if you struggle with like intense intrusive thoughts and like if you trust in God and like know that he's going to be merciful and that he understands that he has compassion on you and that he is there 100% for you and that he has a love bigger for you than any other human being then it it does change things over like how you address intrusive thoughts and and everything like I'm I'm no saint in, in that like I still struggle so trying to learn how to do that more. Could so. you please talk for about two or three mi- minutes why someone, and this is the most important question, yes. why somebody who has OCD should follow Jesus? Well, I think everybody should follow Jesus, like, for sure. Um, I think that it's it's pivotal for people with OCD especially because um, when we have OCD, OCD is a very fear-based disorder. Um, it's it's very survival based, you know. It it takes everything that you love and it 
makes it into a nightmare. Like for instance, if you love your health, your OCD is going to be about your health. You're going to be scrubbing and washing your hands for for hours at a time. That's how my brother used to be. Um, if you love your children, you're going to be obsessive and compulsive about harming them potentially. Um, OCD can come in any shape or form of anything. It, it attacks what you love the most. And I believe that when you bring Jesus into any battle, any equation, I mean, if like, I know that he's like the, the God who was able to, you know, split the Red Sea, you know, set people free from prison, you know, raise himself from the dead, you know, there's nothing that you can't trust him with. And it sucks because, like, I I know this, and yet I'm still learning how to, like, practice this. But it's a game changer for, for OCD. Like, um, I guess, like, I should share, like, how um, my baptism, like, kind of, like, changed my life a little bit. Definitely. Okay. Anything you feel left, yeah. just let the Holy Spirit flow a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... I remember, like, going to, like, the charismatic church. I don't go there anymore, but um, I had already been baptized, like, three times. And, like, for for people with um, scrupulosity, OCD, that's that's kind of common. But um, we, we just all felt that, like, I needed to be baptized. And for some reason, I had the faith that if I go into the water and go up, I will be healed. And so I remember experiencing like spiritual warfare beforehand and I just got to a place of being like Jesus is my only hope right now and so I got into the water and I I came up and like it's like the, the Holy Spirit like definitely came into the room and like he told me how much he loved me and like I was too blind in fear to like understand like what he was was saying like he was holding me and I felt peace and he told me that I hold you every single day why are you afraid he also told me that if like I am the God that made the the stars in the heavens who holds the galaxies together why are you afraid um after that like I came up from the water and I had peace you know um yeah, yeah, I, I didn't understand it. Like, I was so traumatized by that point that I just came to this thought for some reason that, like, once again, like, from my childhood, like, this thought of being, like, God will never want me. Like, after having that experience, I still doubted. But I came up out of the water, and I I went home that night, and, like, I felt clean for like the first time in my life and like I felt like there was like a flame in my chest like it was it was crazy yeah it it felt like that but like in a good way (laughs) in a good way way. um I I thought that I messed everything up because like I told God to go away because I was afraid but the thing is is that everything that I was struggling with like over the next couple weeks was driven out like a flood like my anxiety was was better like the intrusive thoughts were better like the you know like the psychosis was basically gone you know um I was saved like like 
not just like my soul but like you know my life here like that's like why I'm able to like have a conversation today I really believe that because like I was so severe that like I I I just like couldn't carry a conversation like three years ago so you couldn't even go in public three years ago barely barely um sorry like I I was just like very out of it so yeah um, if there's anything else you want to talk about, otherwise, could you close this out in a word of <laughs> Um Anything you want to talk about, we've got hours and hours. And you're the one yeah. who knows your life story, so anything you feel led to share? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to also say that um, I got tangled up in religion really, really bad. Um, and, like, when with someone with OCD, I guess that's a little bit more severe, like... Um, after, like, I was baptized and I was, like, wrapped up in the charismatic church, I, I began to wear skirts and, like, no makeup and, like, long hair, and I was, I was very, you know, religious even still. Um, and so, like, over time I noticed that God wasn't, you know, I guess, like, giving me what I wanted, you know, like, like words, like, when I was praying, like, like other people, like, other people around me claimed to have like dreams and, and visions and, and stuff and like they answered prayers and I would pray and like I would get nothing. Um, there was a time when my cousin was baptized and he just fully embraced God and like I was super jealous because I didn't do that. Um, but then God's probably thinking, don't you remember when you got baptized and you fully embraced God? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a roller coaster. Sometimes yeah. you're on that high and sometimes you go down and you're like, wait a minute, God, then you go back up. Yeah. Yeah, I was just getting kind of blinded by, by like, what I think is pride and also by, like, what I was being taught. Um, so, like, what I was being taught is, like, you need to work for your salvation. Jesus died for you. Like, now you need to work. Like, you need to be praying in tongues. And a part of the reason why I was kind of confused, like, over if I was saved or not after that wonderful experience, like, is because I was told... I didn't hear you speak in tongues. You need to speak in tongues. I've not said before at all, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Um, Pentecostal church teachers and nowhere in the Bible does it say you must speak in tongues in order to be saved. Yeah, and so it was very confusing. And, and like, since I was still in a, a stressful time, like, I, I stayed there. But over time, like, I, the Holy Spirit was telling me that, like, um, this isn't the place for you. And I began to realize that a lot of their teachings were wrong because um, they they teached they they taught oneness and that like Jesus was one he was both his father and his own son and also the spirit. But I began to like become aware that um, Jesus was not a liar, you know, and he spoke a lot about hypocrites and he would be a hypocrite by just going by himself and pretending to pray because he was just, he was himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the way that they explained it to me is that a mother can be a daughter and an aunt at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. He's fully God, fully man, and fully spirit, but he's all three of them at the same time. He's not just yeah. one of them combined. That wouldn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, so it, it just, it deeply confused me and like, it, it took 
me a very long time to get where I am now because sound doctrine was kind of hard to find. The first church that I came from, like, I just somehow, like, I don't remember being told this, so I'm not going to say anybody told me this, but I picked up the idea that what saved me was baptism. And so, all my life. That's the Pentecostal church thing. They believe that if you're not immersed in baptism, you're not saved, but the Bible teaches that it's an act of your faith, but it doesn't save you. Yeah, and so, like, that was, like, um, the Church of Christ that I was in. Um, So, yeah, like, I just wanted to say that... um, Churches are very important. Like, doctrine is very important. Like, reading your Bible however you can and, like, learning from good teachers is also very important. Um, so, yeah. Who has been your favorite pastor up to this point? Do you have one? <laughs> hmm. What church do you currently go to? I go to Matthew Road Bible Church. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Who's the pastor? Daniel Sweet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just started going there. So, so you got like solid pa- teaching? Yeah. I, I think so. I think so. Just very, very... I, I see the fruits of the Spirit. Also, like, pay attention to the fruits of the people around you. So... I believe speaking in tongues is a real gift, but not everyone's going to speak it. And I think the majority of the people who speak it now are misusing it and don't understand what tongues is. Mm-hmm. Could yeah. you close us out in a word of prayer and pray sure. for people who are struggling with LCD? Of course. I'd love to. Um, so, dear Heavenly Father, um, thank you for letting us be here today and to just talk about um, the wonderful things that you've you've done in my life. And I, I pray for the people who are struggling with any sort of mental health problem, whether it being depression, OCD, anxiety, eating disorders, or any other disorder, that you would just let them know that they are loved as you let me know that I am loved. Um, I pray that you would be with them and to just lead them and the way, the truth, and the life, and that they would find it the path with ease, because it it can be hard to find sometimes. Um, please give them strength and comfort through this video, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Any last words? Love you. If you have OCD or eating disorders and feel like you are trapped and a slave to it, please listen and do not skip this section. Jesus loves you and wants to transform your life if you repent, meaning turn away from your sins and accept him as your Lord and Savior. Before Notes of Grace channel founder Patrick Tufts was Christian, he didn't understand how Jesus could truly transform his life. But now that he is on the other side, He knows when it says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, it is true, because he experienced it firsthand. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Life is not perfect, and the Bible never promised it would be, but 
All we ask is you open your heart to the wonders of God and Jesus. You'll never regret it and never look back. If you or someone you love has OCD, remember you are not alone. Jesus Christ is ready and willing to meet you just where you are. If you need help with OCD and or are looking for a good church to join, look in the description section of this video for all that info. Remember, you are beautifully and wonderfully made in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah.